0: So maybe it'd be good for me to at least introduce myself, Um, aside from just, this is Daniel. Um, So I've been a member of CCC since May, so uh, this is a baptism by fire kind of thing for me. Um, But Blake asked me to share my story, and when I think about when I share my testimony and how I came to Christ and what it means to be a follower of Christ... I always have to take a step back because I, I sometimes don't feel like my testimony is as flashy or as intense or as um, movie ready as some people's testimonies may be. Uh, you hear some people's testimony and you'll be like, oh, this is incredible. Well, for me, I became a Christian. I became a follower of Christ at the age of 10 years old. You know, I, I, I've came to know Christ at a very early age. Um, there's not too much that I could have done by the age of 10 that would make you think, wow, what a, what a life-changing you know, moment for you. Um, but the more I look back at why Jesus came into my life at 10 years old, um, it's the story after that has the most, uh, seemingly most effect um, whenever I tell it. So uh, I became a Christian at at 10 years old. I became a follower of Christ then. And even before then, I was asking a lot of questions as to why. Why do things happen? What's going on? Um, When I was four years old, I was blessed to have a younger brother. My younger brother, when he was born, was a little different. Turns out he had something called Angelman syndrome. Angelman syndrome is a very rare form of, um, it's kind of a, autism plus um, cerebral palsy plus all these things. So he couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. Um, his ability to communicate was through sounds and through a lot of different things. So my childhood automatically was a little bit different. Um, my dad worked a lot, and so I was left to help my mom care for my brother and help to understand it, uh, understand you know, the Angelman syndrome, what it was, understand... Um, what it meant for his life, what it meant for mine, and everything like that. So at 10 years old, I wasn't necessarily always out playing with kids in the neighborhood. At 15, I wasn't always going to football games. I was helping change diapers um, for my 11-year-old brother. I was helping feed him. I was helping my mom lift him and carry him and do things like that. And, you know, I, I realized once I became a follower of Christ, that the question is no longer, you know, why did this happen to my brother? It is, look how happy and joyful he is, despite all of the limitations he has. And he's, God was already teaching me at 10 through my brother how I can be joyful in spite of, you know, in spite of things. And, and that ended up being the theme of my life going forward. And so I was able to develop a firm foundation um, of having to trust God And having to learn how to um, deal with, you know, things that are different, things that may be considered bumps in the road for others, um, things that are just not necessarily, you know, traditional things. Fast forward a few years, we're in college, the age, you know, early 20s, you know, typically it's the high life of people's lives. Um, I'm already engaged to, to my now wife, and then I'm getting rushed to the hospital because they think I'm having a heart attack at 22 years old. And it turns out it was, you know, this really wonky situation where it was this terrible combination of anxiety meets blood pressure medicine meets what comes to later find out when I'm 30 that I have a form of cystic fibrosis. Not full-blown, but a form of it, which is why I'm able to to be here this morning because life expectancy for full-blown cystic fibrosis is actually younger than what I am. And so, you know, I'm, I'm laying in a hospital bed at 22, and I can ask the question, why? Why does this have to happen to me? Why do I have to experience this when everybody else is doing this at 22 years old? And if it wasn't for that firm foundation at the age that I came to know Christ, I really don't know where I would have looked for answers. I really don't. Uh, you know, the world tries to, to, to give you answers. You can turn to people. You can turn to places, you can turn to things, you can even turn to religion as a whole, or you can turn to, you know, the church as a whole to, to find the answers, but the answer is truly in, in just the cross, the true answer is in Jesus, and just understanding, you may not always know why things are, but understand that I'm continuing to develop you, I'm continuing to change you, I'm continuing to evolve you, and hindsight is so so twenty twenty. For for me, I, I can look back and say, man, that was a rough time, but he prepared me for this. Man, this was a rough time, but he prepared me for this. And so, um, we, you know, I, I get a little older. Um, you know, we're in my mid to late twenties now. I've kind of dealt with the whole um, heart heart attack scare and and all of that. Things are going good, and me and my wife decide, well, we want to we want to have a family. We want to have kids. We're finally getting things figured out and getting it together. Um, but because of my form of cystic fibrosis, the doctors were like, you can't have kids. I'm like, all right. My wife has a little medical thing going on. They're, they're like, you can't have kids. Well, we went to a fertility doctor. And they're like, yeah, you can't have kids. So we're like, okay, that's three people telling us we can't have kids. So instead of asking why this time, we were like, okay, God, well, what do we do? Do we just accept it, become career people, travel? What is it? And God laid it on our hearts to say, well, why don't you guys adopt? We believe, you know, that there are kids out there who need love. And so we went down the road of adoption and decided, okay, we're going to try infant adoption, but we're going to try it here in the United States and see if we can't get matched with a mom and, you know, go through that whole process. So, you know, we, we saved up, we raised money, we got everything together, and we got matched with a mother in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, um, a few years ago. This was, man, probably five years ago. I can't, I can't be exact. Um, and so we get matched with a mom in Cleveland, Ohio. We're really excited. Um, I, I drive to where my wife was working that day. We get on a kind of a conference call with the mom because she was in Cleveland. And the mom was like, yeah, I'd like for you to be the adoptive parents of my child. And so we were very excited. And we started going down that road of being preparing to be adoptive parents getting a nursery together, going through all the psychological evaluations and having social workers come into your home and pick it apart and you have to f- fix everything and do all these things. And, um, you know, we went up and met our birth mother for the first time who was living in a really rough part of Cleveland. And um, we were starting to realize, okay, this, this mom has, has a rough go. And so we're, we're helping her out, we're going along. And then a few months down the road, we find out she wants to keep the baby. It's fine. It's fine, but we found out on Facebook she didn't tell us. We found out we were being used just to kind of pay some some needs. So we went to our agency it was like, "Hey, what do we do?" And so they were like, "Well, there's not a whole lot we can do other than start over." So, you know, after all of the the process of deciding we wanted to have kids to To wanting to adopt to being unable to adopt this this child and 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 care for this child after all this we were emotionally physically mentally everything just distraught and so we're like let's take a break take about six months off and we'll try again six months later we try again we get matched with a mom in bardstown kentucky much better drive um we go we go meet her Um, we get connected with her and, and her mom, and her life, and her family. Um, we take her to her doctor's appointments, and um, we're sitting in the ultrasound room. It's ultrasound day, a uh, big exciting day to find out, you know, boy or girl. And the, the technician says, oh, it's a boy. And the, the birth mother starts crying, and we're like, well, how, how do we read into this? You know, is she happy, is she sad? And then the technician says, it's time to bring a doctor in. And the doctor and the technician are talking, and they say, um, we need to have a talk. And so they start standing over top of the mom and start asking, what drugs are you on? What are you taking? We can't find the baby's arms. We can't find the baby's legs. We can't find this. And so we take our birth mother. We take her home. And we have the long drive from Bardstown. It's not that long, but for that day, it was ridiculously long. From Bardstown, Kentucky to home. And we just had to pull off to a friend's house and, and just, just cry because the baby didn't survive. And so... Here we are, late 20s, deciding, okay, we, we want to adopt, we want to care for a child. And every time we, we try, something happens. Um, and then we started to ask the question why. You know, we didn't really question our, we were gung-ho about this adoption stuff and ready to go and have to ask ourselves, okay, do we want to try again? And we decided after the second we can't. One, financially we can't. Two, spiritually we were beaten up. Emotionally we were just... At our wits end, uh, depression was kicking in. It was a real thing. Uh, There's nothing worse than walking around a house and having to go past a full nursery all the time for for two and a half years and to see it continually empty. And so we decided, well, what are we going to do? January 2015, it's a new year. Let's start fresh. January 2015, we're tearing the nursery down. We're going to repurpose it into like a study prayer room because what better way to to replace the, the rough memories that came with that room with a place to reflect. And so January 2015 comes around. We're like, okay, it's tear down day, let's do this. And then I get the flu. And I'm like, all right, I just, I just give up. And so I'm laying in bed with the flu and I hear my wife just scream. So when your wife screams, you t- think two things, spider, right? Or I did something wrong right? So for for me, I was like, I'm feeling really rough. I'm like, what is going on? And I go in there, and she took a pregnancy test. And I'm like, why did you do that? She's like, well, I didn't, they're expensive. And so, you know, we're starting fresh in life. I wanted to get rid of it. I didn't want to throw it away. And she's like, it says I'm pregnant. And I'm like, what? I'm like, three doctors said we couldn't have kids. We definitely could. You know, we, we tried the adoption road twice, and now all of a sudden, uh, this little stick says that we're going to have a kid. And I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't buy this one bit. Based on everything that's happened so far, I can't trust it. So the next day, she went to the hospital, had a blood test done, and she calls me from work, and she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. And so I get up and I yell. I mean, I'm ecstatic. People at work, they knew what we were going through. Uh, We were going through, like, with HR about the adoption plans and saw that um, they found out really early that we were having a kid. I didn't want them to find out, but I was just too excited. And I just got up and left work for the day. And so met my wife at the hospital. We were like, okay, we're, we're having a kid. And then about a month and a half later, I decided to quit my job because the company I was working for didn't really fit me wanting to be a dad, uh, that didn't have the work-life balance. And after all we had been through, I wasn't going to let anything stop a, uh, me from being a dad. And so I put in my two weeks notice and went to this company I never heard of, absolutely never heard of, and just trusting God and hoping that this was the right decision, uh, which now looking at it has absolutely been the right decision. Um, but then our our daughter came and is here, and, you know, it's funny, we still run into people who ask us, you know, well, where did she come from? Because they remember us from the adoption era, like, well, she came from us, and it came from God, and kind of thing, and so she's our little walking testimony, fast testimony, very fast kid, Um, and I, I sit here, or I stand here today talking to all of you people that I really don't know yet, but I hope to get to know, and Thinking back to realize, yeah, my testimony to get to know Christ isn't the fanciest, but even at nine years old, I was, I was still needing Jesus. Even at 10 years old, I was still needing Jesus. And I am so glad now standing here at 33 years old that I had Jesus at that age to deal with all of the things that have come up in my life. And I just wanted to share something real quick, um, scripture, and, and then I'll stop. Blake was asking if I needed, he needed to shorten a sermon, so I apologize if I'm going too long. Um but Jeremiah 17:8 says we're like a tree planted by water that sends out to sends out to, sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green and it is not anxious in the year of drought For it does not cease to bear fruit. And what that tells us is if we're firmly rooted in the foundation of the gospel and firmly rooted in the foundations of Christ, that whatever comes our way, whatever season of drought, whatever season of hardship, that foundation is going to allow us to come back and come back stronger and come back in a way that we can't fathom as human beings. We don't understand it. But at the end of the day, God can do anything with any situation. And, that, and that's, that's my story. Um, it's a story full of ups and downs, but it's no different than anybody else's. Everybody has ups and downs. By becoming a Christian at 10, it didn't mean my life was going to get easier from then on. It just meant that I knew where to go when the times got rough, or whenever I stopped trusting, or whenever I had trouble with my faith, I could always go back to that foundation because the foundation was there. And I'm just so thankful for that. And that's my story.